0: And Welcome to episode 1 of the Moldovan Coffee Break, a Europe United and European Network production. My name is Ken Sweeney and I'm joined by my co-host Loredana Prismiranu. And in this six-part podcast series, we will be casting a spotlight on the country of Moldova and in particular life for six young people so as to examine what it is like to grow up in the Moldova of 2021. Now Moldova has historically been given a bad rap mainly due to uninformed press and unflattering travel reports. But there's far more to this country than just a post-Soviet state, and we're going to show this by engaging with Moldova's strongest asset, its youth. Our aim is to portray Moldova for what it really is, a culture-rich country with a unique past and a vibrant future. Hi Laura Dana, how are you? I'm fine and you can. Thank you very much for joining us. I'm good. Um, It's been an exciting time putting this podcast together. So as I said, thank you for investing uh, such a huge amount of work. Uh, It wasn't easy. Uh, I suppose before we start with this interview today, our first interview, maybe we can tell our listeners uh, the background behind this project, why you wanted to do it, and also a little bit about maybe the history and culture of Moldova.
1: I would be happy to. So uh, the podcast actually aims to present Moldova to the Western audience, but also it's a reflection exercise on the reality and aspirations for those who call it uh, their motherland. It's An attempt to deviate from the superficial stereotypes, I would say, often attributed to the Eastern space, and uh, it aims to address topics that outline a society at the crossroads of hope, I would say, and despair. Nice. (laughs) Uh, I aspire to promote my country's potential as uh, the future, um, uh, its future ha- is in the hands of the young generation nice. and I feel responsible for fighting for the progress and
0: development. And a little bit about our, the history and culture of Moldova, it has its, you know, stereotypes so I'm sure you're going to tell us, uh, you know, that it is quite a long history and it's got plenty of culture so can you give us a little bit more background on it? Sure. So
1: uh, Moldova is a uh, small landlocked country in Eastern Europe located between Romania and Ukraine, which gained its independence in uh, 1991. Mm -hmm. Chisinau is the capital of Moldova and it's situated in the center and it represents the cultural, political and economic hub of the country. Uh, The political framework of the country is a parliamentary uh, representative democratic republic and uh, last year it elected its first female president. The main uh, spoken language is Romanian, yet as uh, Moldova has long been under the rule of the Soviet Union, the Russian language is very widespread in the country as well. Moldova has faced a lot of difficulties in its history politically, economically, and geographically, yet it had managed to maintain a geographical and social cohesion. It is the home to spectacular views of green valleys, vineyards, forests, and beautiful villages. Additionally, Moldova has drawn on its winemaking tradition to become one of top Uh, today's top producers of outstanding uh, vintages. It's not an exaggeration when you hear that Moldovan wines are a symbol of national pride. Mm -hmm. With an aging population and minimal government investment for youth, many are questioning Moldova's future. The alarming decline in the population, mostly due to the large-scale out-migration, puts pressure on the pension systems and uh, limits the available labor force. Um, Moldova has an autonomous region, Gagauzia, and the breakaway region of Transnistria, maybe you heard about it, uh, the status of which is uh, disputed. The underlying issue in the Republic of Moldova revolves around ethnicity. Uh, With Romania, it shares a common ethnicity, language, culture, and history. Yet, the society was later shaped by uh, Russian and uh, Soviet-era identity politics. As a consequence, now uh, the Moldovan majority is divided between pro-Russian nostalgia and growing pro-Romania or pro-EU sympathies, with some people supporting the idea of reunification with uh, Romania.
0: So, just to quickly go back over a few things you said there, um, there is a lot of information out about the fact that there is a a disputed set of areas in Moldova is that a daily problem um because I come from Ireland and in Ireland there's always the conversation about Northern Ireland and I'm just wondering do Moldovans are Moldovans concerned about the idea that Transnistria is disputed territory or is, do Moldovans just get on with daily lives
1: the Transnistria yes I mean uh, it, it's a daily issue I would say it's mm. um because we also have um, the um, some missions here like uh, from uh, OSECE, uh, organization for security
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, in Europe uh, and they are trying to settle the issue then there are uh, there are ongoing negotiations um, it's like uh on news daily I think mm-hmm. okay maybe not daily but like uh, uh, four times per week so um, yes I mean, um, we are talking a lot about it.
0: And do young people discuss that issue a lot, or is it maybe other sections of the community?
1: Yeah, I think it's mostly uh, politicized. So mm. um, um, it's um, discussed during uh, um, talk show, political talk shows, oh, you know. Yeah. But uh, uh, when we are trying to promote the civil society here, like not Moldovan authorities, because right. they are. Uh, really reluctant of interfering there, but um, there are external missions, uh, international support uh, to uh, the youth there. But I wouldn't say that the youth is really concerned about it. Um, It's kind of, they were born into it, you know? Yeah. Uh, So uh, it's a (laughs) lifetime problem.
0: I know, there. you finished by saying that there is a growing pro-Romanian sympathy with some people supporting the idea of reunification in Romania. How big is that sentiment? I
1: would fear uh, I think it comes out of the fact that uh, the society is constantly disappointed by the um, local authorities and right. the local politics and... Uh, They are not seeing any progress. So, one part of these people that are supporting the reunification, in my opinion, of course, they just see it as a way out, like um, how to save the nation Mm -hmm. by uh, reunification. And that's like the only way that we can get into the European Union, because (laughs) otherwise, like, we are not progressing how we need to but uh, from the other side uh, lots of people that believe in this idea uh, they are just um, lifetime supporters i would say like they are born uh, with um, or maybe it's a family if a family um, Mm -hmm. um, i don't know idea because many consider themselves romanians you know and uh, they consider they see it as like We are uh, a big country and we need to get back together because at one point we were together. So uh, they see the Soviet interference and uh, this is like the thing that broke up this relation, this big country. And they wanted uh, to be as it was before, you know, just a big country without Moldova's independence, so.
0: Okay, so so it's a complex issue that will certainly develop one way or the other, yeah. (laughs) I just want to go to our first interview now. Uh, we're going to listen to uh, your conversation with Caterina Martin. Sounds like an Irish name, but uh, I know it's not. <laughs> Can you tell <laughs> us a little bit about Caterina before we listen to your chat?
1: Of course. So uh, Katerina, she's a student of European law in the Netherlands at Maastricht University. She's 20 years old and uh, right now she is actually in Moldova because uh, the studies uh, are online because of the pandemic. Uh, so she chose to uh, be here with her family um, but uh, uh, usually she's based in uh, Maastricht. She's also a part-time working student at um, a European uh, uh, institute in Maastricht that deals with European policies and The first thing I asked her is why she chose to study abroad rather than uh, studying in Moldova.
2: I know this might be a wrong mindset, but unfortunately I cannot see my future in Moldova. Um, And I feel like studies abroad offer... Um, a broader range of job possibilities, and um, I um, was excited to the perspective of having uh, an international environment to develop in.
1: Uh, so you study European law, yeah, um, and of course, I mean Moldova is not in the European Union. Uh, so is it directly linked? Like uh, the, your choice of, uh, of a program you are studying and the idea to leave Moldova or is it just studies in general that you don't think are suitable? Um,
2: I always wanted to pursue a career in jurisprudence and uh, but I still don't know what country I want to live in that's why I chose um, European law which provides me with a broader um range of um, countries to live in after my graduation, but yeah, that's for sure countries in Europe.
1: Also many Moldovans are leaving the country in search of a better life, let's say, and you mentioned that um, it does not offer that much uh, possibilities to develop, let's say. Do you think that right now, you left for two years, do you think that right now, the government is uh, doing something to tackle this issue? Are they investing in youth projects or education?
2: I think our government has more pressing issues at this moment, that's why they don't really address the issue of like youth and uh, migration, which is actually kind of sad. Because I feel like this trend will only increase in the near future.
1: What is the first thing that people are telling you when they find out that you are from Moldova? Actually, I was just
2: telling you a couple of days ago that um, um, a guy messaged me. And when he found out that I'm from Moldova, he asked me if that's the corrupt countries that is that the corrupt country that he watched a youtube video about and actually that kind of hurt but um this is sad but true um i always try to um, influence people i talk about with about moldova that this is actually a great country um but it just is developing right now but even though, like, the economical or political life is not that great, but we have like very good, very beautiful nature and good food and very nice people. So, um, I try to kind of um, shift their minds of the bad things because I want them to see the good as well.
1: What are the stereotypes that people are having about Moldova?
2: I don't know about stereotypes. The main thing that I always hear is that, um, they know that this is a post-soviet country Um, so they always kind of link Moldova to Russia even though this is not the case anymore or so i like to think but people don't really know about our country and um, they don't know about the people so they have this um this this feeling that our country is only about like poverty or corruption which again is not the case, hopefully.
1: You said that they don't really know Moldova, but we as Moldovans tend to think that we are really well known for our wine. We, are, we really take pride, yeah. pride in that. Queen's Elizabeth, one of her favorite wines is Necro de mm. Do you believe in the industry's potential in Moldova? Do you think it will go any further, it will
2: develop? I know for a fact that our wines are indeed known, like, throughout the world and um, with a bit of help from the government, we could develop that branch um, and that could attract a lot of visitors. As far as I know, the most majority of the Moldova's visitors um, come to our country just for the, like, astronomical experience, so we I think we, that branch could be developed even more.
1: So, in this context do you think it is hard to promote visiting moldova
2: it is definitely not easy because i don't feel like people would want to visit a country that's not as luxurious as theirs is but um yeah i think we could persuade them because there are a number of factors that would influence them to come visit Moldova, for example, the beauty of its nature or like the fact that it's extremely cheap compared to other European countries. And also, it's a change of setting for them. So, this would be like for us visiting something tropical.
1: If uh, you are to uh, suggest a place for someone to visit, what comes
2: first to your mind? I think I might suggest Orheo Veg which is a very picturesque place, um, not so far from this, like, Chisinau. And it's indeed very beautiful. And um, it also has, besides beautiful landscape, it also offers some very nice little restaurants where people can try actual, like, Moldovan food. And I think this is the must-go place for tourists. I think they should visit it in the first place.
1: Now, with this pandemic, we really, uh, we were constrained (laughs) to travel uh, in Moldova and see our country. Um, And with this came um, an idea, a belief, I would say, that people actually understood how beautiful our country is. And then the potential of the tourism in Moldova, uh, they actually understood that we can promote that do you think that this can happen in the future because it also can be just a phase but do you think uh, that the mysterious places of moldova the nature it offers can really attract tourists if we sell it right
2: yeah um hopefully this pandemic um has shown indeed like uh moldovans that their country is so beautiful and um i know like very many startups that have started right now to to promote our country especially one where uh, people start selling and reconstructing homes in local villages Um, and actually many tourists are interested by this because again this is very unusual for them living in the countryside and Moldovan countryside is really nice if it has implemented the good facilities so uh, yeah I think as you said, with a good promotion, it would be possible and I would be very happy to contribute that. to that. Yeah.
0: That was the interview with Katharina Martin. She seemed to have a little bit of negativity at the beginning. What do you think?
1: Yes in the beginning because of the questions as well but she is already studying abroad you yeah. know so she already left Moldova mm-hmm. um, And um, that's a uh, choice that she made. I was interested, like, because we are not known in Moldova for a high quality of uh, uh, studies, Mm. postgraduated studies. Uh, But anyway, uh, some people uh, choose to stay here because um, maybe they also have more time to be involved in some other projects, because Moldova receives a lot of uh, external funding Mm. uh, from Europe. European Union from uh, US um, and uh, very very space for uh, self-development beside the studying process but um, uh, but she chose also to go uh, study abroad because of the topic uh, European law which is uh, uh, a Moldova we don't have uh, such a program right. uh, for now. Which I don't um, think
0: I don't think many places actually would have that sort of program. So it's probably yeah. yeah. Just also as well, what I noticed, um, she talked about saying that she can't see her future in Moldova. So does that mean? Do you think that she actually? Although to be honest, at the end of the the uh, interview, you seem to get more positivity out of her but uh, katerina kind of said that she didn't see her future in moldova so does that mean that you that she may not want to come back to moldova ever or is it just something that she might have said at the start
1: perspectives can change every day but also i think she said that because of again her program right because european law um the uh, perspective jobs that uh, you can have. Uh, they are mostly abroad, not mm-hmm. in Moldova. Uh, we are, uh, we are trying to integrate our legislation. Uh, we have um, many programs, but then again, uh, what she's specialized in, it's mostly for uh, continuing uh, her career abroad. So I think that was her initial choice. (laughs) And uh, but of course, maybe, who knows, maybe Moldova will uh, get there as well and she can come back home.
0: You did ask her an interesting question about emigration. And uh, I think I'm looking at some figures here. I mean, there's been a substantial drop since 1995 in Moldova in terms of people leaving the country. I think it was around four and a half, four, three million. And then it's gone down to, say, around two and a half million by 2013 and almost two million by 2035, they're predicting. Yes. Is this an issue that is just similar to, say, what happened in Ireland, say, in the 1960s and 1950s? There just isn't something for people to do in Moldova. Is that the current issue as to why people are, are leaving the country or is it because the country has more freedom of movement to go abroad uh with you know relationships between the eu are positive so that people just are taking advantage of that
1: i am um, wouldn't say it's the second because um Although we have a visa-free regime with you uh, EU, um, it's uh, for a limited time, so you cannot uh, go under it in this framework nice. and uh, um, work abroad. Uh, but many people are leaving the country indeed because of the lack of opportunities here. Mm, it's mostly like um, some years ago, it was um, people from um, outside Chisinau, from villages that were living in mass just to find a better paid job uh, abroad and uh, so that they can sustain their family here. Well, they are sending the money and then this contributes to the GDP of the country. uh, And uh, it's a a really um, impressive percentage. But uh, right now in the last years, more people from the cities are living as well like Mm -hmm. people well educated that maybe had businesses here um that uh, actually had something here you know to hold on to but the environment uh, working environment as well the business environment is getting harder to uh, sustain your businesses uh and uh, they are not motivated to stay here because uh, it it doesn't pay off the energy that they are investing so they are choosing to leave the country as well but also as i said a lot of uh, students go study abroad as well uh, and they choose to remain there because they don't think that the studies that uh, and the knowledge that they acquired in uh, a EU country is Worth to import back to Moldova, like because of the lack of opportunities again, and also because um, you, um, they don't feel like they will be appreciated here. Um, so it's a really complex t- issue. Uh, it comes from all uh, points, so it's it's a complicated one for sure.
0: It's amazing, just. Uh, listening to you, there's so many things that I can relate to in being Irish. All of those uh, reasons that you speak about were an issue here in Ireland. I mean, even up till recently, actually, with uh, when we had an economic crash around 2007, 2008, People were leaving for exactly the same uh, reasons, and also there is has been a historic kind of them versus us situation as well, where mm-hmm. we had people who went abroad and didn't want to come back, and then people who were staying in the country and saying, "Well, we got the country up on its feet. Uh, we don't we don't need your help." And then there are other sides of it saying, "Why couldn't you come back? You know, with your education and your your, you know, your better wealth, and put it back into the uh, economics or the you know the way the country's run." So it's amazing the um, the way things are the same regardless of where they are. So um, I think <laughs> yes. you know if you want to look at a future possible future for for Moldova, maybe you know Ireland is a really good example. It's on the extreme end of the European idea. Um, it's 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 been constantly influenced by a larger country, by i.e. in terms of England and Britain with us and you guys with uh, Romania and Russia. So there's a lot of similarities <laughs> ironically, <Yes. laughs> between Ireland and and uh, Moldova. So, you know, it might be a good idea to compare and contrast how Moldova is going to do in the next 20 years. I just wanted to ask you another question. Um, we're probably going to deal with it at a later podcast. How strong is the influence of the church in Moldova? Is, does it have a, a strong influence or or is, the, is there a good separation between state and, and church?
1: Uh, there is no strong separation. Of, um, it, it has a really great influence, actually. Mm. And um, even you can notice it uh, during election campaign. Um, um, for instance in our last uh, election campaign presidential one uh, the other candidate was uh, uh, going to all the events at the church he was uh, trying to um, uh, post pictures of him uh, in the church and uh, people were really falling for this because uh, uh, we are a religious um, society I would say Um, and uh, they were uh, having like this positive image of him being a Christian man uh, that uh, um, respects the church values and so on and goes to the church. So it, it was like really important. So you can see this influence, the church influence in politics as well, but also in how society thinks for sure.
0: And would there be a lot of young people being drawn towards the church in terms of priests and and working in the faith?
1: I don't think so, because from what I see, but then again, it's uh, like I have my bubble, you know, I cannot generalize. But um, from what I can see, more people, because of the strong influence on maybe their parents, um, mm, grandparents, they're tending to be more indifferent to the church, um, like not caring, you know, like neutral yeah. position.
0: Summing up, you, it was a really good interview. And what I got the impression was, although at the start, you might get the impression that Katerina was kind of saying, I just wanted to get out of that country. But at the end of it all, I think she really misses Moldova.
1: Yes, I think it's true. And I think she is enjoying every time she's coming back here with her family mm-hmm. and staying in the country. It's, it's a really good exercise, actually, to reconnect to the reality once you come back from uh, being abroad.
0: But that seems to tell me that there is a lot of positives about Moldova, as in family... Culture, all of those things that you know, the standard of living is not great, but the, the the basic foundations of a really good state is there.
1: Yes, yes, I think you are right because um, you know, uh, once you are abroad, you will always be uh, a stranger, let's say. Yeah. Um, and home is always home, so I think everyone um, is looking forward to maybe uh, having a better place to come back.
0: Mm. Uh, it's a fantastic interview thanks so much for taking the time to uh, speak to Katerina and of course thanks to Katerina Martin for taking the time to talk to us today Uh, you've been listening to episode one of the Moldovan Coffee Break Uh, my name is Ken Sweeney thank you so much Laura Dana (laughs)
1: Yes, yes, I'm really excited about the rest um, of the interviews as well.
0: You can find our podcast on europeunited.eu, which is our main website for Europe United. You can also find it on all of the major platforms, Apple, Google, Spotify, and just check us out under Moldovan Coffee Break or Europe United. Um, This has been a cooperation uh, effort between uh, Laurie Dana, ourselves at Europe United and the European Network. And we'll see you really, really soon. So don't forget to check out episode two. And thanks for listening. Take care. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.